Welcome to the Expectations for 2023 call. Our host for today's call is Bruce Keel. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. I would now like to turn the call over to your host, Bruce Keel. You may begin. Very good. Thank you, Jen, for hosting our call today and getting us started. We appreciate that very much. And welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, whether you're live here on uh, January 24th or in the future as we have this recorded and on our website. Just thank you for taking a half hour out of your day to listen to what we hope to be some very helpful information today. Uh, I'll be joined by my associate, Nate Hom, in a, a little later in the call. He'll be sharing some very timely information. Of course, it's your favorite time of year. Uh, tax preparation, just had a client in today and was sharing how he had his tax stuff spread out on a table in their spare bedroom. So Nate's got some things that he will share with us towards the end of the call. And so for any of you who have not had an opportunity to be on a call uh, like this, uh, what the format is, is we'll share some information for the first 25 minutes or so. Open it up for some questions, like uh, Jen mentioned. She'll walk us through that, and he'll share some information. And, yes, our hope is to be uh, done in about a half hour. So we hope this is valuable time. We'll have this session recorded. And so if you have anybody you think might benefit from this information, we'll be sending out an email over the next couple of days with a link to the recording on our website that you can forward to anybody that you would like to introduce to LifeStage or would benefit from this information. And so thank you again for joining us today. Uh, here just very recently, you should have received your quarterly statements, and we have about half of our clients do receive them electronically. The other half do receive uh, in paper. And just one thing we wanted to touch base on, if you do want to go paperless, and have online access to your accounts, contact our office, or otherwise you can hit reply to yesterday's newsletter. Or again, we'll have this email going out with a recording of this call within the next couple of days. Just hit reply uh, to that email, and we would love to get you set up electronically if that is beneficial for you. So keep us posted. But doesn't matter, paper or electronic, those end-of-year statements, uh, they just were not very pleasant to look at here for 2022. And this is because of the spiking inflation that was as high as 9% this past summer. Yes, the Fed had a very active year, raising interest rates seven times last year to the highest level that they've been in 15 years. So um, it was a very challenging year. And because of that, yes, the S&P 500, which really is the best index. Sometimes clients will ask, what should I look at to measure how am I doing? It really is the S&P 500 that is the best index that really is a good measuring stick. And for last year, twice, it was down 25%. So uh, certainly very challenging. And usually when stocks go down, oftentimes you know, the, the bonds go up. And for virtually all of our clients, we have a large portion in that fixed income or safer area, typically anywhere between 40 to 60%. On average, about 50% of their portfolio is totally outside of stocks, and usually that 
helps a lot. Add that safety when the market's down. Not last year. Because of those rates going up so much, actually, long-term government bonds for a while were even down 15%. Thankfully, we didn't own any of those. We had sold uh, those the year before. They are most sensitive to interest rates going up. But it was the first time in 40 years that both stock and bond markets were down double digits. Uh, so, again, very challenging. And this is the seventh time in my 34-year career that saw stock markets drop by at least 20%. And, yeah, it's never fun. Uh, but, thankfully, we had three really good years prior to that. Uh, that helped weather the storm, and also what we've seen, and I'll illustrate a little bit, that the first three weeks of January are actually off to a very good start. And I was just thinking, uh, here at Christmas time, I was talking to my brother-in-law, who farms in my hometown, uh, Madison, Minnesota, and we were just talking about how it seems like farming and the markets have some things in common. You're going to have some good years, followed by maybe a not-so-good year, but over a period of time, you can make a pretty fair living, and certainly it does take some patience, as well as maybe some Pepto-Bismol once in a while, but still, uh, things have a tendency to work out over a period of time, so we'll talk about that a little bit more. But um, one thing I did want to share with you is, yes, the end-of-year statements did not look uh, very good, but just wanted to share what we have seen now since the beginning of the year, actually that S&P 500 is up about 5%, and that means client portfolios have been very positively affected. And just as we look at some of those positions, once again, our largest position in client portfolios, for the most part, is Berkshire Hathaway. And again, that had... Uh, a very good year in spite of the conditions that it was actually positive over 1%. Pretty unusual because virtually everything was down, but yes, Berkshire Hathaway once again uh, was one of our best positions, and so we we're thankful for a heavy dose of that. And what was very interesting, the previous three years, and those really good three years, our best performing asset was a growth index that had a heavy dose of technology. And so it was our best performer three years, and it was the worst performer this last year. Um, but now over the last 12 months, as we look at what transpired, it's still down, down about 16%, but it has been recovering. And also we're thankful because at the end of 2021, we did in a shift towards safety actually sell half of that fund, lock in some very nice gains, and so we helped reduce how much erosion there was to that fund, and actually the fund that we transferred that other half to, and this is only an IRA account or qualified accounts because um, we did not sell it in an after-tax account because it would have created a significant tax liability. But we shifted it to a Schwab U.S. dividend equity fund, pays a nice dividend of over 2%, and it, too, is actually positive over the last 12 months. So, again, thankful uh, for that shift out of that growth area into the more conservative dividend equity fund. But it's interesting to see how year-to-date, uh, something that hasn't done very well for four or five years running is the international area. 
but in the first three weeks of the year, it's actually our best-performing fund, up 8.7%. A couple of other areas that actually did a little bit better than average last year, but again, at the beginning of this year, uh, our small company investments and our mid-company investments are uh, at over 7%. So we're, we're glad to see those areas doing pretty well. And then in the fixed income area, again, which is oftentimes about half of our client portfolios, yes, if we look in the rearview mirror, it does not look very good um, because you look at those areas that are supposed to be safe, but because of those seven interest rate increases, yeah, on average, you know, things down 4 or 5%. Uh, a couple of those funds are actually – Positive, but uh, again, down four or five percent. In the rearview mirror, again, doesn't look so great, but as we look forward, uh, we'll talk about how we feel this is a very positive area going forward. Uh, dividends range between three and five percent in this area, so we think 2023 is going to be very good in that area. And then also something that has improved significantly with interest rates going up, certainly. Uh, did have a very negative effect on quite a few areas, the stock and the bond markets, but what it has had a positive impact in is the savings accounts and money market accounts, CDs, those type of cash areas that really haven't paid much for a long time now are finally worth having some money. And a great example is inside of Schwab, uh, the money market account now is paying 4.3%, so extremely competitive. I know Ally Bank uh, we have quite a few clients who have an Ally Bank account or Capital One 360. Uh, I was just looking at the Ally Bank the other day. It's now 3.3%. So those savings vehicles are paying much more. Yes, that Schwab money market up for, at 4.3%. Uh, a year ago, that was at a quarter percent. So yeah, I try to find some of those silver linings uh, that we can see inside of the client portfolios. And, yes, even though the S&P 500 was down for a while, 25% now as we look at over the last year, the last 12 months, uh, still down, but down about 11.5%. And, again, year-to-date uh, is up very strong, about 4%. So um, we're hoping that's a trend that will continue, uh, that we continue to see that good start. And we do expect for the year that the growth of the economy as well as market performance will continue to come improve, especially on the heels of last year. And some of those points that we give us uh, some good hope, I guess, is unemployment. Uh, the December report came in, added 223,000 jobs uh, to the economy. Now unemployment is down to 3.5%, which is the lowest it's been in 1960s since the 60s. And again, yes, there is a labor shortage. Uh, many uh, businesses having a tough time hiring people. So, yes, we're seeing those wages increase. And again, we've talked about how when people have a job and are making money, uh, they have a tendency to spend it, and that bodes really well uh, for the economy. So we continue to uh, feel that's going to be a positive trend. And also that inflation, which is really the reason why we have had such a tough year and the interest rates going up so much, it was as high as 9% last summer. 
And now for December, the numbers came out. It has gone down to 6.45%. Many economists are, are projecting that it'll actually be under 6% by the end of March for the first quarter. So we'll see what happens. That's still a lot more than what the long-term average has been, 3.2%. But it's definitely heading the right direction. So uh, that's showing uh, some good direction. And really what the Federal Reserve is trying to orchestrate is, maybe you've heard this word, a soft landing. And what that means is that they raise interest rates enough to bring down inflation like we've started to see, but not too much that would reverse the economy and push it into a deep recession. So they're really trying to find this balance, kind of the Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold, just right. And that's a, a very challenging job, and especially since usually from the time they raise rates to when the impact of raising those rates is, it usually is between two to four months. So they, there's a lag effect to see how that particular rate increase does affect the economy. But we do feel the bulk of the rate increases are behind us. Because, again, if they raise them too much, that's going to push us into a recession. So we feel that, yeah, maybe they'll have one or two more small rate increases, but many economists feel that that has already been priced into uh, the markets uh, from where we're at. So, yes, last year, for instance, was a very tough year for bonds. Again, the toughest period in 40 years, but now 2023 we feel it's very positive looking forward because, yes, even a couple of rate increases we think are already priced into those prices and that now uh, with rates higher, that means dividends are higher, and without the threat of drastically increased rates like we saw last year, that really the share price of bonds will stabilize and those dividends will realize for a total return for clients in the neighborhood of 4 or 5%. And so that is very positive, and there often uh, is many economists who feel just in this whole not-too-hot, not-too-cold scenario, the Fed is trying to provide that soft landing. Many economists feel that towards the last half of this year that we'll actually even see reduction in interest rates, which again would actually provide a tailwind to bonds as well as the stock market. So uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, right now it appears that 2023 is off to a good start and we think there's some good basis to it. Uh, we feel that, yeah, those flat Rate increases or very minimal rate increases going forward will be, you know, better for the stock markets and also uh, just continue to see the improvement in corporate earnings, which has a, uh, a trend towards higher stock prices. And also talked about earlier that even the international, which has really been on the canvas for, boy, four or five years, is starting to show some signs of life. And we don't have a lot of money in the international, but for most clients, some are in the neighborhood of 2 to 3%. So it's uh, nice to see that that is starting to pay a little bit of return. So, 
you know, many people feel when that R word of recession comes up that we've actually probably already dipped into a little bit of a recession. And really the key is how low will it go? And that's where, yeah, the Fed is really trying to, to do this dance of raise rates but not too much. And um, that's where oftentimes right now we're seeing economists probably feeling that they're going to lower those rates by the end of the year. So we'll continue to uh, monitor that. But as I mentioned, uh, this is my seventh time in 34 years that we've seen the markets drop uh, 20%. And just as the end of year was finishing up, was kind of reflecting, now what can I learn uh, from this tough year? What can we learn? And what came to me again is how important diversification is. It's not too flashy, but it is so important that how we have a high degree of safety in all of our client portfolios for their retirement that, again, it provided a bit of a safety net, but also that diversification proves to come back when things turn. And it also is just very amazing to see how rapidly things change. I was looking at a chart yesterday that just showed over the last 20 years, Stocks have averaged, the S&P 500 has averaged about 9.5% over the last 20 years. And if you miss just 10 days of the top markets of the last 20 years, your return would have been about half of that 9.5%. And if you actually miss the top 20 days, again, over 20 years, if you just miss 20 of those best days, your return dropped again in half. Now it's down to 2.6%. And, you know, I come back to Warren Buffett, who really, to us and for a lot of people, is just um, done an extremely good job of uh, maneuvering the stock markets over a period of time. And even he, through the debacle of the, um, uh, the drop that we saw due to the pandemic, he actually sold their airline stocks at the absolute bottom of the pandemic crash in, in 2020. And it just showed me, hey, if Warren Buffett can't time the market, uh, we certainly can either. And just looking at how staying the course is the best action. And I guess that's where um, we're um, just really committed to having that good plan up front to help weather you know, the tough times, the storms like we saw last year, but now we're seeing that really paying off as we see 2023 off to a good start and what we believe will be a, a much, much better year and see some positive results uh, for this year. So with that, Jen, would like to open it up for questions, and Nate is going to share some tax information with you today. Thank you. If you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad now. You will be placed into the queue in the order received. Please be prepared to ask your question when prompted. Once again, if you have a question, please press star 1 on your phone now. So one of the things right before Christmas, uh, there was a lot of news in regards to the honest a bill that was getting passed through Congress, and it did pass on December 23rd. And part of that legislation 
was what was called or a bill known as the Secure Act of 2.0. It's a little bit of a follow-up from the Budget uh, Secure Act of 2019. And this did have some major changes just in regards to retirement plans, IRAs. There's actually 92 provisions in that bill that have that impact. We're not going to touch base on all of them, but just want to touch base on a couple of them that are going to have impact to many of our clients. And one of the big ones out there is the change in what is the required minimum distribution. So they move the RMD, is what it's called, the required minimum distribution, to age 73 for anyone born between 1951 and 1959, and then actually increases to age 75 for anyone born after 1960. Another big part of that legislation was some of the changes that are into retirement plans. Um, moving in the future, 2025, they're going to actually index uh, some of the inflation for the um, extra contribution that you can be, the catch-up contribution is what it's called, as well as there's going to be a higher contribution for individuals age 60, 61, 62, and 63. They can actually increase another $10,000 over the regular catch-up contribution. Uh, so there's many different nuances in the SECURE Act that Bruce and I are both taking a look at and how it impacts clients. Um, whether they're retired, whether they're working, has significant impact. One of the biggest things right now we're starting to see as people are getting ready for their taxes is they're starting to look for their tax statements. Um, right now, you should have received a 1099-R if you were receiving distributions from your retirement account. So that was here recently, so you may be getting in the mail here in the next few days. Uh, or you can log on your Schwab account or even through the client portal like Bruce was talking about earlier on our electronic access to pull off that uh, 1099 statement. The biggest one that we're having right now is we look at that 1099 miscellaneous. This is usually where it has the interest, the dividends, any sales from an after-tax or a trust type of account. These tend to come out a little bit later because the data needs to be, you know, piled all together so they just really can consolidate it and really only get one uh, 1099 out and not have to send corrected ones. We are expecting them to, to start rolling out here at the end of January, but Bruce and I really kind of say wait till uh, usually about mid-February they're going to have a second batch that they're looking at rolling out. So if we're really looking at if you have an after-tax or a trust account, want to wait towards the middle of February to start looking for that. And always can contact us uh, if you have any questions, if you should be looking for one or waiting on one. Jen, with that, you can see if there's any questions out there. And as a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, you can press star 1 at this time. And we'll pause for just a moment to allow everyone an opportunity to signal. And it appears there are no questions at this time. I'd like to turn the call back to Bruce Keel for any additional or closing remarks. Very good. Thanks, Jen, so much. And thank you guys again for joining us today as we start this new year. I guess we just really want to thank you for your business. We are so blessed with such an amazing group of clients. And, yeah, those good years are fun. We had three of those back-to-back. -back. We're really 
really fun, but at the same time, it's really the challenging years like we saw last year where really it is so important to have that good plan in place and to really stay the course and really just make those adjustments as needed. So uh, we are uh, appreciative of the opportunity to help you navigate your financial journey, and that's what's cool as we've been doing uh, a lot of planning meetings over the last few weeks. We haven't found any client that really has to change their retirement future because of 2022, that because you guys have done such a good job in getting to retirement, and our goal is to certainly keep you and help you stay there, and 2022 does not make an impact. So any questions that you guys have, any help that we can provide assistance, that's what we are here for, to help you uh, maintain and reach that financial security. So let us know if there's any help we can be, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us today. Take care. And this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for attending.